series called Bridge Builders. We're going to be talking about unity and uh, how many knows that if you have a big gap or a big uh, ravine, if you want to get to the other side, what do you got to do? You got to build a bridge, right? I mean, because if you don't have a bridge, then how can you get to the other side? You know, I guess you'd have to climb all the way down, go all the way to the other side and climb back up. That's just too much. Let's build a bridge. And that's what we're going to talk about, Bri- building bridges together and becoming bridge builders so we can create a, a uh, life of unity, a work of unity that we can work and respond together and fulfill the calling that God's placed upon our lives and upon the church. Amen? But today we're finishing up a series that we began a few weeks ago called Following Jesus. And I hope that I've given you some ways and some uh, uh, instructions on how you can become closer and, 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 and draw closer to who the Lord is and, and building that relationship with Jesus Christ. We've talked about spending time with, with um, the one that wants to spend time with us. That's Jesus. He wants to hang out with us. We've talked about getting into God's Word, studying it, knowing what He says to us. Last week I talked about how community was important for all of us and we need each other. And Today we want to conclude this series by looking at something that I believe is very important. Each of us need to make room for Jesus to be in our life. Amen? We need to make room for Jesus. We need to partner up with the Holy Spirit and fulfill the work that God has called each of us to. And before I begin, before I get into this message, I want to go to a a, uh, passage in Luke chapter 1. Just real briefly, it's a conversation that Mary had with an angel. And it's Luke chapter 1. I want to begin at verse 26. And this is very important. I want you to understand what Mary did in order for us to understand how we need to make room for Jesus. Luke chapter 1, Luke's the third book of the New Testament, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. And it says this, In the sixth month of of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you, are, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, 
Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, I know you've heard this story at Christmas time. We hear this, you know, passage. I could do a whole entire uh, series just on this passage alone. And, and, but Gabriel approaches Mary and asks her to make room for Jesus in her life. Now, I want you to understand something. This interrupted her life. This was something that, that God, above all, most powerful, higher than anything, asked this Mary, uh, this young woman, and let me tell you something, she was very young. I, I, people have said that she was probably uh, an early teenager, possibly, we don't know exactly, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that she was this X amount of age, but uh, many, many people will tell you that she was very young. And she was been given this task to not just bear a son, but to bear God's son. And Mary could have said, hey, wait a second, I'm not worthy of this, you, you need to go find somebody else, there's somebody that could be better than me, there's somebody that's, that has a lot more uh, knowledge than me, there's someone that could, be, you know, that could do this a whole lot better, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know, you know how to do this, and, and I don't know if I can even figure this all out, but, but no, that's not what Mary said, Mary said, I'm going to go, I'm going to fulfill what you've asked me to be so Mary made room she made room for Jesus matter of fact her words were I am the Lord's servant may your word to me be fulfilled Mary made room for Jesus she was willing to be inconvenienced create room in her life and did you notice that the angel told her that the work in her would be from the Holy Spirit If we make room for Jesus in our life, the Holy Spirit will fill the space that we create and he will empower us for the work. Amen? So following Jesus isn't just about creating space in our schedule by going to church. Do you hear me? Following Jesus isn't just about getting our calendar out and making sure that we're here on Sundays. And then if I have time, I'll show up on Wednesdays. And then if the church is having a revival, we'll pencil that in too. And maybe we can hit a night. That's not what it's about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Following Jesus isn't just putting church on your schedule. It's about creating space in your life for the Holy Spirit to work. And the work that Jesus does in our lives, it begins with the internal and personal transformation. How many of you got a story? You know what I'm talking about? The story that when Jesus changed your life, when he came into your life and he did something different in you. I've got a story. I could sit there and tell you my story. Most of you have probably heard my story because I've told it up here many times. I've got a personal story. I remember the day that Jesus changed my life. I remember the moment that the Holy Spirit came in and filled me. I remember the time that I was called in the ministry. I have a story. We all have a story. We have a personal transformation that took place. We move from just taking in the milk to where we want steak. Amen? We don't just crave the milk, but we want the meat of what God is wanting to do in our lives. We move from being just a consumer, listen to me, 
We move from being just a consumer to being a contributor, amen? As a church, we want to give a service that will entertain you enough in a way that you desire more of God, but it can't stay there, amen? It can't just stay there. If you are growing, then you will only be, or if you're, if you're, uh, uh, if you're, if, <laughs> If you're not just, if you're just growing, then you'll only be a consumer. At some point, you need to have uh, grown to a point that you become a contributor. We don't want to stay in the stage that we just say, what's in it for me? I remember a preacher used to have this little catchphrase. He'd say, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. And I'm not talking about Jimmy, so... (laughs) But that's what, he would, that's what he would talk about because we become those Christians that we just want to take all the time. That's all we want. We just want to take. We want to receive. What more can I get? What more can I take in? What more can I have? At some point, we have to be, what can I contribute? Mary made room. She gave her life. To give Jesus life. Now, you know, God's not asking us to, uh, he's, not, he's not asking all of us to birth a Savior of the world. Do you hear me? But he is calling on us to make room in our lives to bring Jesus to the world. Do you hear me? That's what our job is. So here's a question for you today. What could God do if we created space for him in our lives? Think about it. Think about your life right now, the person you are. What could God do if you created space for him in your life? God's not asking us to be like Mary. Like I said, he's not asking us to birth a a savior of the world, but he is asking us to take Jesus to the world. Did you know that there's over 3 billion people in the world that are currently unreached by the gospel? Think about that staggering statistic. Over 3 billion people in the world. <clears throat> and this is the world, this is the world we're talking about, the world population. Now look at the U.S. In 2011, this is, this is a stat that just blew my mind. 2011, 75% claimed to be Christian. Today, in two, this was 2021, 63% claimed to be Christian. Do you see the trend? In 10 years' time, it's dropped 12%. I think we have a problem. What about you? I think we have an issue here. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Some people think that the word preach is for the preacher or teacher. But if you look at the word preach in the Greek, it is caruso. And it means to announce or proclaim something. All believers, and I want you to hear me, are sent to announce this good news. Not just preachers, not just teachers, not just uh, uh, small group leaders 
or Royal Ranger leaders or girls ministry leaders or, or nursery leaders or kids church leaders or youth leaders, those aren't the only ones that are sent. Do you hear me? Everyone is sent to preach or to tell, announce, whatever you want to say, the good news. The process of salvation begins with the one who tells another the good news. Amen? That's when it starts. The ending of verse 15 talks about beautiful feet. Now, none of us think of feet as being beautiful, do we? <laughs> Usually, you, th- you hear of feet being described as funky or stanky, you know? You got those stanky feet. You know, you got those nasty feet. You toe jam in between the toes and you just gnarly, man. You need to go with those suckers clipped. You know, go get you a pedicure. And then the pedicure, you walk in there and the lady looks at your feet and says, I ain't touching those. I don't care how much you pay me. That's some stanky feet, you know. And that's usually what we talk about when we talk about feet because nobody likes dealing with feet. And, and, but this statement's not about the feet themselves. It's about the availability of these feet. It's actually a quote from Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. The herald is, is bearing good news to Judah about the end of their exile in Babylon and their return to their own land. And his feet are beautiful to them for his good news was so welcoming. It was a message that was, that was what he brought. That's what was good. But it was those worn and dusty feet that brought him. And those feet were beautiful because they represented the messenger's willingness to be sent with good news. Only now the message was not just for Israel, but it's for the whole world. Do you hear me? The message of hope, the message of Jesus is not just for Israel anymore. Do you hear me? It's for the whole world. It's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? And you and I must take God's great message of salvation to everyone so that they can respond to the good news. I want you to think about this way. What does your child do when they're thirsty? little child i'm talking about a little one you know maybe two three possibly four they're thirsty what do they do they come to you don't they come to you and says i'm thirsty okay and so what do you do you go to the cabinet you get a cup you give them some water and you give it to them right you provide them something to drink let's just say and i want you just just to hear me out hypothetical i know this would never happen in a million years but let's just say you go to the cupboard to get a glass to be able to get a drink for your child but as you reach for a cup the cup starts talking to you okay so we got a talking cup here it says oh so sorry you don't want to use me now's not really a good time for me i i I want to sit right here in my place in the cupboard you say I just need you to bring some fresh water to my kid who's desperately in need of a drink that's all I want but the cup responds begins to make excuses one right after the other oh I'm too dirty I'm too busy to get water at this time. I'm too broken. I have a chip in the rim. I'm just too average, okay? There are better cups that you can use. That's going to be crazy, right? 
That's just ridiculous. That would never happen. But sadly, I want you to listen to me. That's kind of what happens to God when he's trying to get a fresh cup of the living water of his grace to the world around us. But we're so self-focused on our life or on the condition of our cup that we aren't willing or available or you just have stinky feet. Do you hear me? It's time to get rid of the stinky feet. It's time that we become available and ready and able and willing to do what God has asked us to do and to take the good news to those that are around us, our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones, those that are crying out and hurting. We have to take the good news to them. Don't have stinky feet. We've been given so much. And I know that as a church, you don't want to just stay a consumer, right? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a what? Living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, the true richness in life is revealed as we take what we've been given and we give it away. It's what we're supposed to do. It's what God commands us to do. We take something and we give it away. If I've got, it's kind of like this, and I I hope you can understand. I'm not trying to uh, look at anything lightly. But if I had the cure of cancer, I would be stupid to keep it to myself, would I not? Everybody wants to be cured of cancer. Nobody wants to live with cancer. I've never talked to anyone that's a cancer survivor that said, man, I wish I still had it. Right? So if I had the cure, I've got to tell somebody. You see, I've got the greatest message that's ever been spoken. I I know who Jesus is. I, I know the King of kings. I know the Lord of lords. Therefore, I have to take that message and I have to proclaim that good news to those that are willing and able and wanting to hear it and wanting to understand it. There are people that need hope. Let me tell you something. I just worked the fair for the last 10 days. There are people that need hope in this world. Do you hear me? People are crying out. They want something. They're looking for something greater. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So here are some ways that you can give Jesus room in your life. Number one, Tell your story. Tell your story. Every one of us has a story to tell about how God changed our life. If you're a Christian, then you have a story. Do you hear me? If you haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life just yet, then when you do, you're going to have a story. Mark chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. This man has just encountered Jesus, and Jesus didn't tell him to go to Bible college or go get some training or, or go learn the Ten Commandments. No, Jesus told him to go and tell his story, amen? 
Tell the people how much the Lord has done for you. Tell the people about the mercy that God has shown you. You encounter people every single day, and if you will look for an opportunity, God will give you one person to tell your story to. The second thing, invite people to church. A simple but powerful way to create space in your world is to bring people into your world and invite them to join you at church. And in order to give them another reason to come, invite them to lunch after as well. I mean, you go invite me to you go invite me to lunch, I'm coming. I'm just telling you, I don't miss a meal. I like to eat. And if you invite me to go eat with you, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to show up at church just so I can get a free meal out of the thing. Did you know that there are statistics that say 85% of people will consider going if they were just invited? Think about that. 85%. That's, that's just astronomical. And those stats, they go up on Christmas and Easter, but you have to invite them. How many people came to church that you never invited exactly if you don't invite them they ain't coming the worst thing that someone will tell you is no and the third thing is you need to lead people to jesus inside and outside the church now it's great for you to bring someone to church with you but one of the most rewarding things is when you lead someone to jesus outside the church when you tell them your story and that story compels them to want to change their life Now, you don't need me to help you lead someone to the Lord. I will, but you can do it on your own. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, Paul gives us a formula. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Plain and simple. Look at this, verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved it don't get any simpler than that amen these two verses gives you the formula for leading someone to the lord we need to spend time with god asking him for opportunities to lead someone to the lord ask him for opportunities to invite someone to church ask him for opportunities to tell your story Here's a question for you. Who could God bring a cool, refreshing glass of living water to this week? I want to close with this. God wants to partner with you and empower you to fulfill the Great Commission. I love this verse I'm going to read to you next. It's found in Acts. Jesus is getting ready to go. And Jesus tells the people, he's told them, he said, go and wait for this gift and the power of the Holy Spirit to come on you. And then in verse 8, he describes the impact of the Holy Spirit. I love this verse. Chapter 1, Acts 1, verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love that. You'll receive power to be a witness 
How are you going to spread the gospel and reach the world with the good news about Jesus through the fellowship and partnership with the Holy Spirit? He will empower you to tell your story. A lot of times we get afraid, and it's okay. It's okay to kind of, man, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what to do. A lot of times it's just ask for those opportunities to share your story. I love hearing stories. How many of you like to hear stories? We, we, I think we all like hearing stories. How, we've all seen movies, hadn't we? A movie is a story. We've all read books. That's a story. The Bible's full of stories of redemption and love and hope and transformation and all that. But do you know that you have one of those beautiful stories in the world? It, because it's your story. It's the story of how God changed your life and the impact that he made on your life and the day that you decided to follow him. Why did you decide to follow him? Why did you decide to commit your life to him? What was it? What happened? What is it that sparked you that just said, man, I am going to make a change. The things that I've done in my past I no longer want to do. I'm going to start living differently. We talk about detours in the past. You know, you're going down a path, and if you see you're going the wrong way, you need to take a what? A detour, right? At some point in your life, you took a detour, and you changed your life, and you decided that I'm no longer going to live the way I was living, and I'm going to live this way, because Jesus came, and he made a difference in my life at that moment, at that point, and you could probably tell somebody, I know where I was, I know the time, I know the day. Now, I can't sit there and tell you the exact date. I was four years old or five, somewhere around there, and I remember in the church that I attended, my home church, it was the old sanctuary, not the one they're in now, and I could only almost tell you the exact spot where an evangelist on like a Monday or Tuesday night came and knelt down with that young boy and said, were you serious? Did you mean to raise your hand? And I said, yes. And he led me in the sinner's prayer right down there at that altar at that moment. I remember that. It's still fresh embedded in my memory. I remember the day when the Holy Spirit came upon me and filled me with the baptism. I was at church camp. I know that it was camp seven. It was in July, and I know where I was standing. I know my spot in that sanctuary where I had an encounter with God. And I remember the day that I was... I remember the day that I was called into full-time ministry. I was in my bedroom. I was watching TV. I was watching a minister on TV, and I felt God speak to me. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, someday I want you to do this. I know my spot. I know my story. That's my story. All of us have a story to tell, and we have, a t- we have to tell it. And if we tell it, then we got beautiful feet. Amen? We got beautiful feet. No more stinky feet, right? No more stinky feet. We're going to do away with the stinky feet. And if you truly have stinky feet, then go wash them, okay? But let's get rid of the stinky feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That right there is a promise. That's a promise to us that we have beautiful feet when we take the gospel to those that are in need. Can we pray? God, I just come to you right now. I thank you, Lord. God, help us to go and to share your gospel.
Give us opportunities to share our story, Lord. Lord, give us opportunities to reach those around us. Give us opportunities to witness to someone. Give us an opportunity to invite someone to church. God, this is not about us. It's about you. Help our feet to be beautiful. Lord, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. I want to, uh, if you could let the kids know that we're getting close. I just want to I want to remind you that of just a couple of things. First youth is tonight at six. Um, make plans for next Sunday. It's our annual fall fest at Daniel Falls and it's in Chester. We can carpool and you can follow us there. We're going to have just a good time. We'll have a fire and cook, you know, campfire stuff. And uh, we'll play some games and carve, kids can carve pumpkins. And we, we have a good time every year and we want you to come out. We want everybody to come out and be a part. Um, we'll, it'll be at 4 o'clock. And uh, so make plans to be with us. Um, also, I want to meet with, I meant to do this last week, and I was so tired, my mind wasn't even thinking, and I skipped it. Um, but we will have a meeting right after service about Candyland. We just want to talk to whoever is interested, anybody that's wanting to be involved in that. Um, we're going to have a meeting right after service. We're going to just meet right here in this section, and uh, it won't take long, maybe 15 minutes at the most. But we need everyone that can help to, to stay if you can. Uh, if you can't stay, I understand. Just let us know that you want to help. Um, we're going to ask our kids. They're probably making their way here in a little bit. And uh, our kids are coming. We do this every um, month. We collect money for BGMC. And for those of you that may not know what BGMC, BGMC stands for Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. And what this is, is uh, we got this little guy named Buddy. Um, we, this is our buddy bucket, and uh, we, uh, some of you may have the buddy barrels, the yellow barrels, like that. Yeah, and there are some out there if you need some. We have, we have plenty of these, and uh, I've even ordered some new ones. We're just waiting on them to come in, uh, but um, this is, we collect change and dollars and nickels and quarters and dimes and whatever you want to give. If you want to write a check, you can write a check, whatever you want to do, and we take the money and we... Uh, ship it off. We've, we've actually raised almost $2,000 this year for BGMC, so y'all have done really well. Thank you for your continual giving. Um, Speed the Light, if you've heard me talk about Speed the Light, Speed the Light is what our youth do. Our youth raise money to, uh, for Speed the Light to be able to provide missionaries with equipment uh, like vehicles and uh, projectors and copiers and different things like that. Um, and so that is the other thing. But BGMC is what our kids do. And this helps the kids from a very young age to start thinking about missions. And that's what we want to do. It's all about spreading the good news, the gospel message around the world, isn't it? That's what it's about. That's why we're here. And so this helps us in ways to do that. It provides 
literature. Uh, one of our missionaries received one of those portable sound systems from BGMC. Uh, so it does all kinds of, it just, it's just whatever is needed. And so this is a great way. Oh, they're, they're on their way. Here they are. Cool. So the kids are going to come around and they're going to collect anything that you may have. Huh? What? You can help. Look, I have money today, y'all. It's a miracle. Huh. I meant the fair all week. It's a miracle I got money. 